Happy Friday, everyone, and welcome into the New Orleans Saints podcast presented by SeatGeek. I'm Caroline Gonzalez, joined, of course, by our own John DeShazer. Quick preference, I preface, I'm sorry for my voice. Uh, my, my roommates decided to move in their cat this week, and I, of course, am allergic to cats and do not like cats. So now I'm going through the uh, allergy process because I failed to take the medicine necessary to live with a cat. So uh, I apologize, and I will be leaning heavily on JD as per usual um and of course we'll talk to uh the advocates broad walker later today on the show to discuss the 53-man roster going into uh cut weekend for the saints they'll go from 90 players to 53 jd you were at the game tonight you and i were both there uh watched the final preseason game for the saints of course they fell to the miami dolphins 16 to 13 um but not terrible it wasn't it wasn't you know the worst preseason game we've ever had uh it certainly wasn't the best i think everyone can say that they're regular ready for the regular season um but you know saints didn't do too shabby well first you come on here complaining about your voice i mean that's just I wasn't complaining. I was just letting the listeners what, know that, you know. Soft is what that is. Okay. Uh, but it's preseason, and it's the fourth preseason game, and there's going to be some ups and downs. There were ups and downs in the first three. Um, even when the Saints started fast, they had some dips in those other preseason games. So, you know, it's kind of to be expected, especially when you're out there with when a bunch of guys are out there who might not necessarily be accustomed to playing together. Uh, still, you're supposed to concentrate on your job, and yet, you know, there's a cohesion that goes along with units working together. So it was uneven, but you know, I expected it to be that way. Um, actually, it it was, it turned out to be a lot cleaner game than I thought it would be. Uh, so from that standpoint, I I would think both coaches, uh, Miami and the Saints, would be, you know, pleased. I guess with the uh, with the penalty count and those kinds of things, but. You know, they had some herky-jerky moments, but that's what happens during preseason games. I enjoyed what uh, Teddy Bridgewater had to say about Emmanuel Butler, that they called him eBay because they got him at a discount price. Did Teddy's you hear that? The man. Teddy's the man. Teddy, Teddy comes up with all this stuff. He came up with a little, you know, he, he brought, uh, he, I, I won't say he originated, I guess he brought from Miami the little bike dance. Mm-hmm. And uh, so Teddy is, you know, he's the creative force around here. So we got to, Teddy's a force to be reckoned with. And it's funny because he's not necessarily the loudest guy in the room, but he's kind of got those sharp, witty comments. Like you said, he had the dance moves. Yeah, it's clear that he's a funny, funny, funny dude behind the scenes. And probably, you know, if he's you know out front a little bit more, we would see that. But he, you know, to his credit, you know, he fades into the woodwork as well as anybody in his position. But, yeah, it's clear that he's a funny dude, and they, and they like him being funny. Speaking of Emmanuel Butler, we did see him have a touchdown reception last night from Teddy Bridgewater. Um, I don't want to say finally, but it was good to see Emmanuel Butler uh, kind of have that moment last night because he was a training camp standout, um, and he did, you know, he was someone that everyone saw immediately in training camp and in preseason, and they wanted him to do well. And, of course, he was sidelined for a little bit with injury, um, you know, didn't necessarily have a great third preseason game, and then finally tonight – or. Last night, we saw him do pretty well against the Dolphins. Yeah, he made some catches. Um, You know, he also has, you know, he dropped one. He dropped one against the Chargers, I think. So, you know, again, a, a somewhat uneven training camp. He had some great, great days. Uh, but the things that stand out as much as anything besides the touchdown are, are the drops. So, and especially once we saw the kind of hands that he has. So, you know, you hope to, to see him get an opportunity to clean those up. But – you know, it's tough to say if he's done enough work 
to be on the 53 man. It's, it's really t- that receiver spot is really hard to gauge for the Saints because you know guys didn't have a consistent standout or co- just consistent every day throughout camp where you said, you know what, he's just steady, he's just plugging, he's doing his thing. You know, he should be on this team. You know, you just had some some unevenness. Some, and, and you'll have that with younger players, I guess. You know, Emmanuel Butler being an undrafted rookie. Uh, Simi Cobbs being a young player. You'll see Austin Carr being a young player. Uh, Keith Kirkwood being a young player. You'll see some of that unevenness. And then you factor in the injuries. And then it's like, oh, man, you know, who's going to do what? But, Emmanuel Butler, the good thing is, you know, on that touchdown, there was a good recognition, you know, a big receiver against a smaller DB. Teddy Bridgewater puts it exactly where it's got to be, the pass. Uh, he, he actually got held on that play. And, uh, and Emmanuel Butler makes the hands catch, which we've seen him, you know, I think Coach Payton likes to call them strong hands. Um, we've seen him make those kinds of catches in practice, so it was good to see him do it in a game. I don't care if it, you know, if it was the Dolphins' third, fourth, or fifth string cornerback. You know, all you can do is beat the guy across from you, and they beat the guy across from him. On the defensive side of the ball, we are going to get um, into the entire 53 in a little bit with Rod Walker, but uh, Caden Ellis, I mean, linebacker Caden Ellis, uh, he is someone who has stood out uh, all training camp for kind of his intangibles, Uh, but especially last night, I feel like you saw him being much more comfortable, not only in the defense, but being a leader on the defense. He was vocal. He was giving out high fives. It seemed like every dead ball, he was gathering the defense together, getting them hyped up. Uh, He is someone that... I, you know, I don't want to predict, but I feel like he is kind of a lock for the Saints at that position. Would you Would you disagree? Oh, I don't want to predict, but he's a lock. <laughs> Isn't that kind of a prediction? Okay, I don't want to uh, assume. I don't want to go too far, but I, well, I guess it. Yes, it he's would got be a my couple things going for him. One, he's one, he's a draft pick, and teams always want to make sure uh, that their draft picks get a really good look. Two. Um, Alex Anzalone and Craig Robertson were injured during this training camp, so they gave Caden Ellis a lot more snaps than he might ordinarily have had. And three, he's shown the, the capacity and ability to be able to handle the work. Uh, so, you know, yeah, he, he was, you know, he's a, he's a really, really upbeat kid. So you pull for him just because he's, you know, he's got to be Mr. Sunshine. I mean, I, I, you know, I think it was, um, I can't remember which coach. It might have been Dennis Allen who said, you know, he's never had a – Caden Ellis has never had a bad day. Uh, he's always got a smile on his face. Uh, handling that linebacker duty, especially starting last night at, at the mic, then, you know, he's going to be the guy who's going to call the defense together. Uh, he's going to get the play call. He's going to, you know, let them know what exactly where they're supposed to be and, and hopefully – uh, get the knowledge to where he can help line guys up if they're a little bit derelict in what they're supposed to be doing. So he's a smart kid. Uh, the Saints have been really, really pounding the drum on drafting smart players. Um, you want them tough, obviously. You want them talented. But you better be able to adapt and be able to absorb the offense and the defense. And they've been doing a really good job of that. And Caden Ellis looks like – Right now, looks like he's a guy who not just will make the 53, but will get some chances. I mean, he'll, he should be able to play special teams because when you draft it that late, you better be able to play special teams. But he looks like he's got the ability to be able to get on the field if and when, you know, guys need a break or if they're in, in, in the event of an injury. He looks like he's able to handle the duties. And, and you, you can't ask for much more than that, that from a late-round pick. Well, let's go ahead and get the opinion and thoughts of Rod Walker. 
Rod, let's go ahead and get into this uh, 53-man roster. It seems like everyone's coming out with their predictions, uh, so why not give our own? Uh, something that we've, you know, as a storyline coming into camp was the center position between Eric Rook McCoy, the rookie um, out of A&M, and then Nick Easton, who the Saints brought in from the Minnesota Vikings. But that, that position battle kind of fell to the wayside and was taken place by the wide receiver battle. I mean, these guys are fairly deep at the wide receiver position. We weren't sure how long Michael Thomas was going to be out with the contract negotiations, but he came back fairly quickly. Uh, and then, of course, you have Ted Ginn at the number two spot and then probably Traquan Smith. But, but from there, uh, let's go ahead and start at the wide receiver position. Do you have those other slots filled? Yeah, I, I do. I think Emmanuel Confidently. definitely. Um, I think he's um, definitely earned one of those spots. He's, he's one of my guys. and I'm not sure if you count. Deontay Harris as a as a receiver or a returner, but I do think he's on the team. So I mean, it just depends on if you want to place him with the receivers or or as a returner. But um, my next guy, I think, is Austin Carr. But I still sort of, <laughs> you know, we didn't get a chance to see Keith Kirkwood to, to see um, Keith Kirkwood. He was my going into camp. I thought he was a guy that would definitely be on this team, but he just battled so many injuries, and we just didn't get to see enough of him, so I think Austin Carr may get that other spot, but I think if Kirkwood was healthy, I think he would have, would have gotten that spot, and I don't know the extent of what his most recent injury is, so I know he, he still may be a guy that could slip on there, but um, Austin Carr is probably my next guy on there, and JD. I think that, yeah, I think that wraps up my receivers. <laughs> yeah, I, I don't, okay, I got I got the first three, Michael Thomas and Ted Ginn Jr. and, and, and Trey Quan, and then I guess I'll add Deontay Harris because he is a receiver, and I guess in a pinch he would have to play some receiver, you know, reps in a game if, if somebody got injured, God forbid. But I don't feel good beyond that four. I don't feel good about anybody. Um, I loved Emmanuel Butler early, and then, you know, Simi Cobb kind of, you know, jumped up, you know, for me. And, you know, if, if like Rod said, if Keith Kirkwood had been able to stay healthy, I think he'd have been a lock. But – the injuries allowed that that was what allowed Emmanuel Butler to kind of jump into the, the, the gap and, and show up. And, um, and so I'm not feeling great about, you know, anything outside of the top four, I guess if, you know, I, I guess I would say the saints will probably keep six receivers because Deontay Harris is a receiver. Yeah, but he's your return guy. So you would have your, your top three and two guys beyond that. Um, you know, Austin Carr, I hate to say he, you know, go in by default, but he has been productive. Uh, he does know the system. Drew Brees does trust him. Uh, so you got all those things working in his factor. And just for the sake of it, I would say that Kirkwood would hang just because we, we've got a sample of what he can do and he just needs to get healthy. And maybe between, you know, this next week, week and a half, he can get healthy enough to where he can contribute. Um, like I said, I love Emmanuel Butler. Love him, uh, but he he was you know he was a, a, a training camp MVP for a while there, and then he kind of leveled off a little bit, and he had a couple drops in the games, and that kind of you know doesn't show up very well in his favor. And and, and Lil Jordan Humphrey, yeah, he man he he had some catches in some games, but he was fairly uneven from a practice standpoint. So, you know, I, I guess I would go with that, that, that top three. And, and, you know, I guess we'll just pretty much run it back from last year with Kirkwood and Austin Carr and then adding in Deontay Harris. 
How many how many players do you think that you could confidently lock in on this roster that you you said a number last night I don't remember what it was but how many players do you think you can say with confidence that you would lock in on this team out of the 53 I guess it was real profound since you don't remember it but (laughs) it was like um, (laughs) it's like I think I could lock in probably 48 to maybe 50 oh yeah I remember that that. yeah sure yeah (laughs) yeah I'm pretty sure I could I could lock in and now and I say that it ain't like I'm in the coaches you know, offices and looking at film and all that kind of stuff. So, you know, my 48 is a lock for me, and that might be, you know, 42 of the guys that they have locked in. But I think I feel pretty good about, you know, maybe 48 or so that I, that I could lock in. Let's go ahead and move to the running back position. Obviously, you know, you have Alvin Kamara. I don't think he's going anywhere. Uh, Latavius Murray, who we didn't see too much of in the preseason, but you don't necessarily need to. And then it really comes down to Divina Zigbo, uh, Quizzy Rogers, Shane Smith, and Dwayne Washington. Shane Smith, we didn't really see a whole lot of. His name doesn't really stick out. Uh, Quizzy obviously had a, a pretty significant game last night. And then it's kind of been between Divina Zigbo and Dwayne Washington. That's Dwayne Washington's job. Dwayne Washington is a special teamer. He was here last year. He was really productive in that last game against Carolina when, um, you know, a bunch of – well, I shouldn't, you know, really denigrate guys, but uh, not starters were playing. <laughs> but he plays special teams, and, and that's the value that he gives you. And he can run it some, too. So I think Zigbo might be an intriguing prospect, but I don't think he beats out Dwayne Washington. Rod? Yeah, I agree with uh, J.D. on that. I think Dwayne um, Washington won the job. He runs so hard. And yeah, and like J.D. said, that what he does on special teams is really good. I do think uh, Zigbo has done enough that the Saints will, you know, hope they can keep him on that practice squad. I think he's that type of player. They wait for another team to grab him because he has shown a lot of potential here in the preseason. But, yeah, I've been one of those guys who, you know, I thought that Dwayne Washington was the guy. That I, was, I thought he was the guy the whole time. I mean, it was just um, obviously he had the concussion or whatever it was. Um, didn't get to see him last night, but I think he's done enough to earn that job again. On the offense, I'd be surprised if I'd be surprised if he doesn't get the, if he's not the third guy. I'd be a little shocked. That would be my, you know, biggest surprise on you know when the roster gets trimmed down to fifty-three. If Dwayne Washington weren't to make it, that would be your your biggest well, surprise. I won't say I won't say it'd be my biggest surprise, but I'd be surprised if he's not on there. Yeah, that would be a surprise. And and you know, now last year I, I, I you know I have to issue this caveat. Last year I thought the same thing about Jonathan Williams, and Jonathan Williams got cut, and I thought he was a lock yeah. to make the team. <laughs> so that tells you what I know, which is literally nothing. But I would. Well, I'm glad people are tuning into this podcast, then, JD. <laughs> hey, I, hey <laughs> what did I say? Confession is, you know, good for the soul or whatever. That's what we say in church for those who go to church. Chicken noodle soup is good for the soul. That's what they said. Um, no. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, on that offensive line, guys, uh, we you know the the Saints O line has been a position or a group that has been pretty solid over the last couple of years, especially last year uh, with those guys. Teron Armstead staying healthy, hopefully Andrus Pete. Uh, but you know something that we've talked about a lot is that swing tackle position. Uh, obviously, you have Teron Armstead, you have Ryan Ramchek, you have um, Larry Warford, you have you know kind of the guys that are up in the air: Patrick Omame, Marcus Henry, Nick Easton, who the Again, the Saints brought in from the Vikings, Cameron Tom, Will Clapp, Ryan Groy, uh, and Derek Kelly the second, and then Michael Ola. I mean, a lot of guys that are trying out for the Saints offensive line. Does anyone stick out whether they make the team or not make the team? Is there anyone that you can say affirmatively yes or no? Um, for me, I think Cameron Tom is 
I mean, we we know the five starters, but I think outside of that, I think Cameron Tom is a lot for this team. I just think his, you know, his ability to play center and guard, and you know, he's done well at at both of them. Uh, you know, I think that just bodes well for him. So I think he's a definite. Anything beyond that, I'm, you know, I think it's. I w- there won't be any surprises for me outside of you know Cameron Tom and that and that first five. And I think you talk about that swing tackle position. I think. Uh, you know, they brought Chris Clark in, and he got hurt. I thought he was a guy that probably had a good shot at it. But right now, unless they can, you know, find somebody on the waiver wire, I mean, we may end up having to see this team use um, Andrews Pete. They may have to, you know, if, if Teron or Ramchick have an injury, they may have to slide Pete out like they had to do last year. And, and then you can still, you know, move Cameron Tom into that guard position. But um, I don't think they really have a, <laughs> a, any backup tackles, and I think that's something that this team um, probably needs. Yeah, that's my concern. I think uh, Cameron Tom and, and Nick Easton behind those starters are your interior guys. Both of those two guys can play all the interior positions, but you do worry about tackling. You know, we've heard Sean Payton say it a million times that, you know, there might be a guy who's outside this building that they like uh, because, you know, if you can't find what you like in your building and you got to go look for it somewhere else and 31 other teams are going to be cutting 37 players – so that means a big, big market, and if there happens to be a guy out there that they believe can play swing tackle, and they might go and get that guy. The guy they probably wouldn't mind having swing tackle just retired last night, <laughs> Jermon Bushrod. He did it last year. But, you know, they need that type of guy. I remember um, Senio Kelamete was that guy. Uh, Jermon Bushrod came in. He was that guy last year. And, unfortunately, I don't know if they feel like they have that guy right now. I guess we'll find out on cut day, but – you know, we'll we'll see exactly what happens, but that would be the position that I would say would be the most concerning. At the fullback position, would you say Zach Line is a lock for this team? I mean, he's produced the last few years for the Saints offense. Would you? Uh, it's between him and Michael Burton. Would you feel pretty confident right now saying that Zach Line is going to secure that fullback position? Yes. yes. Okay. I'm not a bet. Yeah, I'm not a betting guy, but my answer is definitely yes on that. One. All right. Well, that one was easy. I mean, that was the easiest one yeah. so far. Biggest lock on the team besides Drew Brees. Uh, I, I thought of Will Lutz. Yeah, Will Lutz and Drew Brees. Yeah, yeah. That's, those are the other two locks. All right. Two well, well, let's do that. Who are the biggest locks? I mean, you guys just both said the biggest locks, and and Rod took Will Lutz. You took Drew Brees. Who are who are the, your other secured locks? They're not going well, anywhere. Rod added in Morstead, which you know it always helps when you got no competition in camp. Uh, that means that you're right. gonna get <laughs> Zach, Zach Wood. That'd be another one. It always helps when you yeah, got no competition. No, yeah. <laughs> so, you know, yeah. Uh, Michael guys. Thomas and Alvin Kamara for sure. Yeah, you can probably slide them in there. Ryan Ramchek, you might want to put in. We can pull him off the bubble. Uh, to Ron. I think the whole offensive line can yeah. the bubble, yeah. Okay. <laughs> you know, Cam Jordan, he might be all right. He Cam might make Jordan's the team. Pretty, yeah, Cam Jordan's pretty safe, I think. DeMario's safe. Yeah. Demario safe? Yeah. I would agree that yeah. with that. There's a lot of yeah, there are a lot of locks, yeah. At the at the tight end position, uh Dan Arnold, Jared Cook, AJ Derby, Josh Hill, Alize Mack. Uh you know, the Saints drafted Alize Mack. He didn't produce a ton at Notre Dame. They were hoping that, you know, they could find a place for him in this offense. Uh and I'm not going to say he he won't make this team, but he, we haven't we just haven't seen a lot out of him. He was sidelined with an injury for a while. Uh Jared Cook obviously the Saints brought in after having his career best season with the Raiders. Uh Dan Arnold has been someone who has had a little bit of a history with the Saints, and then A.J. Derby performed pretty well uh, in preseason. And then you have Josh Hill, who is another guy who, is, who has made his mark on the Saints offense. So what are your predictions for that tight end, tight end position? 
Well, Josh Hill plays special teams, and he's a productive blocker. So, he's you know, him, Jarrett Cook, Dan Arnold are, are you three guys, I believe. Alizé Mack is – he looks good. And from that standpoint, he kind of reminds me of the old boom Guachem days where, you know, a guy looks so good it just felt like, you know, okay, they might be able to coach it into him. And they never were able to quite get it into Guachem. Uh, Alizé Mack has not been able to, you know, nobody's been able to extract it out of him, you know, whether it be at Notre Dame or so far here with the Saints. Did get hurt. That sidelined him a little bit. But he looks good. And, you know, so I would – I certainly would – you know, would see the team trying to keep him around in some capacity, practice squad or so, because he looks the part. Now whether or not, you know, you can teach him to be an NFL tight end, that's what remains to be seen. Yeah, I agree. I think um, <clears throat> Jerry Cook and um, Josh Hill are locks for this team. Um, come down to that third guy. I think Dan Arnold probably is a little bit in front of the other guys. Um, I think if, um, you know, I think Garrett Griffin, if he hadn't got hurt, he could have made that um, – battle for that third spot a little more interesting and uh, you know AJ Derby has played well and you know he's a guy that if the Saints decide to to, to take him over um Dan on for that third spot I don't think I'd be totally shocked about that I think that position is probably one of the more um, intriguing ones back for that third um, tight end spot I was actually going to put a poll on Twitter today just to ask people what they thought about that third tight end spot so um you know right now I'd probably guess Dan Arnold but I think it's probably close you're never safe if you tweet anything about Dan Arnold with these Saints fans. <laughs> let's go uh, to the defensive side of the ball. Uh, let's start up front with the defensive end, or the, just the D-line. Uh, Trey Hendrickson is a guy who has had a phenomenal preseason for the Saints, and he really needed to have a good year for the Saints defense. And you have Marcus Davenport. Obviously, you know, J.D. has said many a times that you, you've wanted to see him jump off the page more, uh, but I don't necessarily think he's going anywhere. David Onyemata, who is going to serve a one-game suspension at the beginning of the year. Cam Jordan, Taylor Stallworth, S Sylvester Williams, Mario Edwards Jr., and, uh, and Grissom. Uh, for the Saints defensive line, who are your locks at that at that position? Well, Davenport's a lock. He ain't going anywhere. He just – over the course of an NFL season, he might have a quiet game and a half, but the position he plays, if he gets two sacks, you know, six quarters into the, to the NFL season, he's better than sliced bread now. All of a sudden everybody's thinking he's the hottest thing out there. So, you know, he plays a position where you can get high pro productivity in a short amount of time. Uh, Cam Jordan's obviously a lock. David Onyemata's a lock. Sheldon Rankins. Uh, Malcolm Brown. Yeah, I forgot Malcolm uh, Brown. Mario Edwards. Um, you know, you got, you got, you know, Trey Hendrickson is now a lock. I wonder if Wes Horton is going to stick on this team because Wes Horton got a lot of quality reps uh, at left defensive end, and I think they like him a lot. So, you know, it wouldn't surprise me if he if he stuck. Taylor Stallworth is another guy who probably will stick. Uh, he was critical down the stretch last year, and I think he'll stick again this year. So I don't know how many defensive linemen that was that I just named, but, you know, <laughs> I <w> <laughs> I'll go with that many, <laughs> whatever that number is. This is the least organized 53-man <laughs> roster predictions ever, but it's all right. We're going through it. We're making it. Yeah. I think you have about nine, J.D., which is you, you listed everybody who I have check marks by except um, Sylvester Williams. So, I mean, I think that I don't, I don't know – I think with Wes Horton, I mean, he's probably your fourth defensive end on this roster. So I, I think he does make the team. And, um, you know, um, you look at those guys on the inside, I think Taylor Starworth is a guy that, you know, he surprised us 
it was somewhat of a surprise making the team last year, and he, you know he made it. I think he's a guy that sticks, and obviously the, the guys who are starting, you know, Cam and Davenport and Anya Model when he returns from Rankins, those guys will be there, and Mario and Malcolm will be there for sure. And um, so yeah, I, I agree with your list on that. And Trey Henderson, he's he's the guy to me that. You know, I, I did a column on this early in the week. I, he was the guy who I listed as the most improved guy in camp. I just thought he had really um, taken a big step this season. and I mean, this offseason, and he's a guy that's going to get to play a lot this year. So, yeah, I think we pretty much agree on that defensive line. It's just going to be a matter, to me, if they keep a, another guy and have Sebastian Williams on his team as well. Do you I have forgot, him on the team, J.D.? Or? I, I forgot I about him, but you know what? I, from Especially earlier in camp, he was wearing people out. And I can see them keeping 10, um, you know, because defensive linemen, one, it's a hard position. Two, folks get hurt, uh, and they get hurt regularly. Right. And we already know Shoulder ain't going to play for a while, and then Yamada's going to be out for the season opener. So that, that's two guys you would be down immediately so you'd only have eight for the season opener anyway. So I could see him right. making the team very much so. Right. So, yeah, I think those guys will some way or another be on this roster, yeah. I forgot about Shy Tuttle, but he's a guy who, who had a pretty good performance last night, not necessarily overall in camp, but he did play pretty well last night. But I think he I think it's safe to say he's one of those guys that he's going to make an impact somewhere, whether it's maybe on the Saints, but probably somewhere else in the league, not necessarily on the Saints defensive line. Because like you said, you already have nine, ten guys who you think are a lock for the Saints defensive line. Um, moving on to the linebacker position, uh, you know, Demario Davis, as you said earlier, is probably going to be a lock. You have A.J. Klein, uh, Alex Anzalone, Craig Robertson. Those are guys who we haven't seen a ton of in this preseason. They've they've been dealing with injuries, but uh, other guys trying out, Will Compton, Drew Lewis, Vince Beagle, Caden uh, Ellis, obviously we talked about him earlier, and then Colton Jumper. Uh, for that linebacker position, as well as Darnell Sankey and Josh Martin. Who are your predictions at that linebacker position? Yeah, that's another hard one because, you know, got now Sankey and Beagle are special teams guys. Mm-hmm. They play special teams. And so, you know, Caden Ellis is going to be on the team. He can also play some special teams. So that gives you three guys backing up your starters right there along with Craig. That's four guys. And all of those guys are capable of playing special teams. I don't know how many linebackers they keep. But I, I, I do think Beagle and Sankey, because they've been around and because they play special teams, uh, those are two guys that you know really stand out for me as, as being able to make this team because they give you so much, mostly because they give you so much value on special teams. Yeah, same for me. Sankey, you know, he was, and, you know, I'm not, I don't have the numbers from last night, but I mean, he, he was like the leading tackle on special teams through, through preseason, and he's a guy that. I probably didn't have them on my predictions. I think I had the, you know, the Demario, AJ, and, and Alex, and Craig. I mean, those are guys that are definitely. And I have Caden and Vince. I think Vince Beagle on his team. I probably got. I have Vince ahead of uh, ahead of Sankin. I just don't know if they don't know if they keep another linebacker. That's the only thing. But again, those guys are so good on special teams that you know you you sort of just. I mean, this special teams unit could be the best in the league. You know, you look at all the how well some of these guys have played. But um, Sank is my guy that's just sort of on the border. It just depends on if they want to, you know, have an extra linebacker on their squad or not. Because I think Vince, I think Vince and um, Caden are both on here. So, for sure. And I think Sank is going to be one of the guys that's going to be if the numbers work out in his favor as far as that position. I think that secondary is another area um, 
where the Saints have kind of been up in the air. It's an area where they uh, not necessarily struggled, but early on they were surprised by the injury uh, that Patrick Robinson suffered, and then they kind of had to scramble. They brought in Eli Apple. Uh, but in, in that Saints secondary, guys, I'm not going to go through all the players because there are a lot of them trying out for that position. But uh, who are your locks at the, the, D, the DB position, the cornerback position, and safety? I'm going to defer to Rock because um, I might have to steal. I might have to look on his paper and cheat. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, obviously, Marshawn, Eli, Vaughn Bell, and uh, Marcus Williams, those are your starters pretty much. Uh, I think PJ's earned that nickel spot. Um, Chauncey Gardner Johnson, just he's a rookie, but he's just been so versatile. So he's a guy that, that's definitely on there. Um, I think Justin Hart is a lock. I just think he's. Um, I mean, we, uh, you know, he's probably one of the best players on that special teams unit, and he seems to be um, sort of getting a little bit more comfortable playing corner if they got him in a pinch, I guess. So I put him on there. Um, Patrick Robinson, I think he's he still makes this team. Um, I, I think Saquon Hampton's a guy that probably was a lot, you know, before his injuries. Uh, now, with, with his injury, I think he just, it makes that a little bit, bit more open. And I don't know, um, you know, I don't know if he – makes that 53 or not. Oh, Chris Banjo, obviously, he's a special teams ace, so he's a guy that will be on that team. And um, I think my, my biggest question mark is uh, probably Saquon Hampton. Like, I don't know what they do with, with him because of the injuries he's battling. And J.T. Gray, just because he's a guy that he was, to me, and J.D., I don't know if you agree with this or not, but he was the biggest surprise last year when the 53 man roster came out. I was like, wow, this guy, you know, he, he was sort of a surprise, and he, he made, he stuck last year, and so he's a guy that, uh, you know, I just don't know where he where he falls on the, on the, with those numbers either. So him and um, Saquon are my question marks, I guess, in the, in the defensive backfield. It's interesting that you automatically picked Patrick Robinson because I've seen, you know, we spoke to Mike Triplett earlier, and and he isn't on his 53-man roster, and he said he just hasn't really done anything that he feels secure about uh, at that position. So I'm kind of surprised that you picked Patrick Robinson over guys uh, like JT Gray. Uh, obviously, you said Justin Hardy is gonna is a lock, but um, you know, over some other guys on this team, I'm surprised you picked P. Rob. Can you go into a little bit more why you oh. picked him? I, and I don't have no. I know I called him out, but he he's definitely not a lock for me. And he's a guy that if he doesn't make it, I would not be surprised. Mm-hmm. And um, you know those guys who I mentioned, like JT and uh, oh, somebody else I mentioned. Oh, and Saquon. Like if they got on this right, roster right. instead of instead of Patrick Robinson, I wouldn't be shocked at all. In fact, P. Rob's probably my of those guys I listed. He's definitely you know the one who's <laughs> on the fence for me, and I I can see him going either way. I wouldn't be surprised either way with him. Yeah, see, I, now I see him sticking because he can play outside corner and nickel. And, again, folks get hurt. Um, and you want somebody uh, out there reliable if Eli or Marshawn have to come off the field. And I think he's, you know, he's been listed as the number two corner, along with P.J. But both, we know both of them are slot guys, but they also are listed yeah. as, as corners. And so I think he, because he can do both, you know, go inside or play corner, I think that gives him – uh, a lead, a lead in there. Uh, when you mentioned JT, yeah, he that was a shock last year to me. I was like him, uh, because but they said they love him on special teams. So if they love him that much last year, I, I'm assuming they're gonna love him like that again this year. Uh, Saquon, I'm I'm with you on Saquon. I thought, man, I thought he was playing real well. Now some of that might have been because 
C.J. Gardner-Johnson is given a lot of responsibility. He was trying to learn a lot of stuff at one time, and he was probably processing a little bit more, and Saquon might have had fewer responsibilities, and that allowed him to play a little bit faster. But, man, he looked good uh, when he was out there. So, you know, I don't know what you do with him. You know, do you do you IR him and try to bring him back during the season? Do you like a rookie that much that you would do that with him? Or, you know, or how you handle it. But I, I, I guarantee you he's somebody who I don't see him getting out of the building. I don't see him getting out of the building at all um, or being, you know, being exposed for somebody else to be able to pick him up. So, you know, I can, I can see him around here in some capacity. But I, I like P-Rob just because he gives you that versatility because, you know, you wonder and you look at it and say, okay, who's, who's the backup who's, who's, the, who's the backup cornerback? Because, you know, Justin Hardy is listed as a corner. But Justin, you know, He's he's learned he's still kind of learning and he's more valuable on special teams, and P. Rob is the the guy who has played outside more successfully than P. J. I think P. J. I want to say strictly a, a slot now, but man, he looked real good at it last year, and uh, and and P. Rob hadn't been able to beat him out. But that doesn't mean P. Rob's been awful. That just means P. J.'s been you know been better, and I think P. Rob yeah. can play both of them. So you know I I would I would slide him in just because he can play both of them. And with P. Rob, I know last. I mean, there were a couple of practices where Marshawn was out, um, and P. Rob was the guy who they played in the outside. I mean, so I think, I think that just kind of speaks volumes about what this team feels about him. So I mean, that's sort of why I give him the slight edge over some of those other guys that we talked about, like you know, say the other guys in the secondary, like Saquon, that have been hurt. So I just think, I, and I think P. Rob's leadership, um, you know, he's been around the league, so he knows the game. He's, he's, uh, so I think that. That's going to be enough to get him on, I think. I think Ken Crawley is a guy that is crazy. We haven't even mentioned his – I don't think we've even mentioned his name, have we? But no, he's man. a guy that, uh, that you know, everybody just sort of kind of written off and think that, you know, his time's up on his team. But um, I don't know. He, if if something happens to two corners, I mean, I think, you know, Crawley – you know, once you get past Marshawn, Eli, and um, P-Rob, I mean, is Crawley the best corner he got remaining or yeah. – so, I don't know, but I, I don't have him on the roster on my fifty-three. See, and I don't either. And I mean, and this, I mean, because two years ago, he was he wasn't just a starter; he was a solid starter. I mean, he wasn't bad. And then last year, I, I don't, I, you know, I would love to, you know, maybe it's I don't know if it's confidence or or what happened, but man, he just he he fell off a little bit, and and he hadn't been able to get it back. Yeah, I always think it when when it comes to cornerback on. When you see that kind of decline, you, all, you, I mean, this is like this is a young, fairly young guy. So I mean, you don't think it's, you don't just lose talent all of a sudden. So I mean, I, I think it is a lot, a lot of confidence when it comes to, um, comes to that, especially that position. All right, Rod. Before we let you go, I do have to ask you our seat geek question, and it is pretty much a softball question. But uh, long snapper, kicker, punter, and punt returner for the Saints team. Who do you got in? Um. <laughs> <laughs> My long snapper is definitely Zach Wood. Um, I, I think uh, Deontay Hash is, is the returner. Um, what else did you ask about? What was Kicker it? and punter. Oh, okay. Um, uh, let me. Th- I got to think on this. Kicker and punter. <laughs> that's gonna be. Uh, I don't know what Sean's gonna do with those two spots. No, those are pretty clear cut. Um, lots more said. Of, you know, I don't know what Saints will do if something ever happened to those two guys. But they've been so reliable and so consistent. So, yeah. 
Well, we'll have to see, gentlemen. Well, Rod, thanks for joining us uh, today. We really appreciate it. Make sure you go give Rod a follower at Rod Walker Nola on Twitter. Uh, he is the sports columnist for the Times Picayune and the New Orleans Advocate, as we mentioned earlier. So make sure you go give him a follow. He'll have all your uh, updates on Saints news uh, and roster moves, of course, going into this weekend. Rod, we appreciate your time. Thanks for coming on. Of course, there are a lot of updates coming your way this weekend as the Saints make their roster down from 90 to their final 53 going into the regular season. Of course, the first regular season game is not too far away on September 9th as we enter Monday night football. We'll get into that a little more next week with uh, some key talking points going into next week's Saints podcast. Of course, this Saints podcast has been presented by SeatGeek. If you're trying to find tickets to football games or any other live event, it can be complicated. There's hundreds of sites and shady pricing, but with SeatGeek, you can do everything in one place. Search for and discover the best deals on seats, buy from any device, and sell and transfer tickets in just a couple taps. With their deal score technology, they rank the most valuable seats based on price, location, historical data, and more. Plus, Every purchase is fully guaranteed, so you can shop for tickets on SeatGeek with confidence. Best of all, our listeners will get $20 off of their first purchase when they use SeatGeek uh, and the SeatGeek app. Use code GOSAINTS at checkout. Again, that's code GOSAINTS at checkout to get $20 off. SeatGeek, let's go. That'll do it for today's podcast. Of course, be sure you download the Saints app, as I mentioned, and look on NewOrleansSaints.com. And of course, follow John DeShazer for all of your Saints updates on Twitter. That'll do it for today's New Orleans Saints podcast presented by SeatGeek. I'm Caroline Gonzalez, joined by John DeShazer. And thanks again to Rod Walker for joining us on today's show. We'll take Monday off and catch up with you again on Wednesday. That'll do it for today's New Orleans Saints podcast presented by SeatGeek. Thanks for listening.